LP gang. This is Moyer calling. Uh, listen to episode 47. Larry Harris, what the heck is a petition committee? Is Grand Lodge redesigning our petitions, changing the wording? What's going on there, Maris? Or did you mean to say you were on a committee of inquiry? Such a dumbass. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Starring Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, and Jason Lewis. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic conversation without pretension. And now, here's your hosts, Pete, Larry, and Jason. And And Jack. Jack. Hey, that's me. Hey, and here we are, Masonic Lay Podcast, episode 48. 48. Wow, that's pretty crazy. 48. Wow. 48, we're still in my mom's basement. I know, right? <laughs> How about Jack Aquilina cheating? Now he's got two podcasts under the same podcast. Mm-hmm. Combined with the metric system. Yeah. So now they have uh, Fortnightly. <laughs> <laughs> Fortnightly, you get the Australians, and Fortnightly, Fortnightly News. you get the... Uh, you get the Americans in Chicago. And all 37 Freemasons in Australia listen. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a great great show today. We have a special guest. And Jason, you know you know Matt Steele. I just know him as Matt, the guy in my basement. So right. why don't you tell us a little bit about Matt, and then we can have Matt tell us a little bit about, about himself. Well, why don't we do the normal go around the, the horn? Oh, yeah. Okay. And then so we'll, we'll just pretend like you mean we leave should it a start mystery. The show? Matt is here. But no, Matt. Matt. Say hi, Matt. Hi. Hi, Matt. There's Matt. <laughs> Our guest today is a member of Abra- uh, Abraham C. Tricler Watch, right? Yes. And recently went on the Holy, what, I don't know the official name, the Holy Lands trip sponsored by the Knights of Templar, right? Right. So, and you are a local pastor? Correct. Reverend? Donegal, minister? What's the right? Donegal Presbyterian? Donegal Presbyterian. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what's the right man right. of faith? Reverend? Pa- pastor? Most holy and beautiful. Okay, that works. <laughs> 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 or just Matt will be fine. <laughs> so let's go around the horn. Um, okay, so well, yeah, what's going on? What have we done the past couple weeks uh, masonically? So uh, we'll start with our guest, Matt. What have you done the past couple weeks as far as Freemasonry goes? Well, um, wasn't able to go to Tricler's stated or extra meetings because I was coming back from the Holy Land. Well, that's just like ninety-five percent of the members. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they, they live a mile away, but they just can't make it. Live a mile away. They live in the same building practically. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> um, no, I um, just came back from the Holy Land. Uh, but while I was there, I was able to uh, attend Holy City Number 4 in Jerusalem. Holy Lodge, Holy City Lodge Number 4 in Jerusalem. Cool. Which was actually really cool. Do they care at all about King Solomon's <laughs> Temple? <laughs> Yeah, there's a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, George Washington right there. Oh, no, not George no, Washington. All right, oh, sorry. Okay. There was no <laughs> But uh, so uh, aside from that, um, let's see. 
Uh, went to the Fork and Trowel, which is a breakfast up in uh, the Elizabethtown area, which all are welcome to come to. It's, it's kind of a new thing that Trikler's trying to... I wonder where they got that idea. Wow, <laughs> that would be a really good idea, breakfast <laughs> thing. So it, I've never heard of it. It's a breakfast never, never and a lunch, it. uh, uh, so it's a little different. Uh, but uh, I, we call it brunch. Brunch, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, <laughs> and then um, came down to uh, came down to the Goose and Gridiron. I've been hearing about it for a long time, and uh, I love breakfast. So I came down and had a great time. You should have seen what he nice. ate. He made our, our well. Di- Presbyterian, there's no dietary restrictions. You can you can eat scrapple, yes. and bacon, yes. and all these good things. Yes, actually, he <laughs> outdid Clint Gibble. <laughs> okay, I'm telling you, French toast piled up. Oh, it was just unreal, unreal. I, nice. I got the small. He version. ate everything. He ate everything. She said that was the small version. Small version. <laughs> I, I want to hear more about the what are the fork and trowel. Fork and trowel. Yes, uh, uh, it's brother. Where you just shovel it right in. Yes, that's yeah, right. yeah. So no knives. So. Uh, 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 Past master, brother of uh, at Trikler Lodge, uh, wanted to start a fellowship group, um, and so to see, I think it's the first Friday of every month. Uh, they meet for breakfast uh, up at the uh, Country Meadows Restaurant, right off of Seven Forty Three. Nice. And uh, it's just a it's a small group of guys, but that's always welcome to grow. And so they meet early and they BS through after breakfast and stay for lunch. Yep. No, I mean, breakfast is about 7.30 in the morning. Yeah, I know. And then, when I worked in the restaurant industry, we call that camping. <laughs> like people that tie up a table for five hours and yeah. don't tip. <laughs> oh, it's the Freemasons. They're here. And then uh, I think it's the third Friday, we meet for lunch down at oh. Gus's in, uh, outside of Mount Joy. Nice. Gus's has great food. Yeah. Jack, anything uh, in your Masonic uh, world the past couple weeks? Uh, yeah, we went down to... Amicable St. John's Lodge in Cockeysville, Maryland, and a bunch of us exemplified the first degree, the Pennsylvania Which St. John is the amicable one? Well, it's St. John, they merged, so it was Amicable Lodge, and then it merged with St. John's Lodge, so it's Amicable. Well, in Pennsylvania, there's only the one. (laughs) uh, And in fact, at uh, Lambert and I went down last week and did a talk on the Holy Saints John. And there's symbolic representation all over the place inside the lodge. And then we've got, what do we do? We had um, the guys from the Masonic Roundtable. I'm sure we'll talk a little more about that just to catch up from last week. Oh, yeah, we did and do that. I will have a stated meeting on Tuesday and an extra meeting, a Master Mason's degree on Thursday this week. And I'm also... Having a Royal Arch chapter, we're conferring the most excellent master degree also on Thursday. So I have to be there for that. Matt gets his Mark Master degree tomorrow. tomorrow. Right? Oh, and is that what Seth was saying? That's the first time they've actually put a degree on in about 20 years. Right. And by tomorrow, I mean Tuesday of last week when you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, have you done anything Masonically? Have you gotten out of your chair? Yes, I have. Uh, stated meeting last Tuesday. Brother Jack Harley came in and did talk about the Holy Saints, John. And let me say, one of the most impressive speeches that I have heard in Freemasonry in many, many, many years. Mm. So I'm telling you guys, you pay his airfare, pay his travel expenses, feed him, put him up. He's going to give the best speech you probably heard in a, in a decade. 
that was that was fantastic. We had Goose and Gridiron, where our guest tonight was uh, came for the first time on Thursday, and uh, got roped into the show. And and I'm going. I am going actually tonight, which uh, when this airs, be a week ago. Up to Jack's Lodge tomorrow to <laughs> take pictures I, and what? Uh, my head, and, my uh, head hurts. Where, where? Said, the show's going to air. Bring in the future. Bring a towel. Yeah, the show's going to air in the future. So I'll be going up to your place tomorrow night. You actually going to come? Yeah, I am. Outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason, you had some really important things the past couple weeks. Goose and gridiron. Yeah. Yeah, but that, the whole thing at forty three <laughs> is your your deal. Two goose and gridirons because we met uh, the guys from. Uh, two of the no, three fifths of the Masonic Roundtable for breakfast before the Lodge 43 uh, lecture series event. So we had uh, brother Dr. Christopher Rodkey, our, our local speaker, and then we also had Jason Richards and John Ruark, both from Masonic Roundtable in town to give a couple talks. And Mike the intern was just eating with us. And we had Mike the intern, uh, John. I don't know if I'm blowing up a spot or not, but John had uh, some some family out of town and also some sick kids at home. So right near uh, go time, he was uh, on the fence whether or not he was going to make it. So Hammy, Mike Hambrick, uh, he was our our backup plan. So he he came in Friday night and spent the night Friday night and Saturday night. Drove six-plus hours from from Ohio Ohio just in case we needed him for that. That was awesome. So he definitely... He's uh, a stud. Yeah, and John did make it, and uh, and Mike still had a great time. Jack put him up Saturday night, so we were able to spend some time. But we had uh, three lectures, and uh, Chris Rodkey spoke about Joseph Fort Newton, the author of The Builders, and some research that he had done for a research paper that was in the Masonic Society. Uh, Jason did a talk on operative speculative masonry, and John Ruark did a follow-up from his spring of 2016 uh, lecture at the Academy of Sonic Knowledge about masonry by the numbers and you know, he did a big survey, and we had we had talked about that early on in our show about the big Masonic survey that he had put out across Some the country. Some interesting insights that came yeah. out of that. That was yeah, <clears throat> slightly biased towards people that can actually get on the computer and do the survey, but I still think that it was uh, so nobody from Trikler was involved. Right, exactly. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> What's well, the? I mean, the average age in your lodge is older than most because it's located at the retirement village. Well, it is located in the uh, in the Masonic village, yes, but. There's a big population of us in Elizabethtown that also belong to the lodge. Well, had he put the survey out in a chain letter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in a call them all. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but the event was great. We put out a, you know, we had, uh, we had almost the amount of people that, um, RCP'd come. Larry's laughing because he would have responded to the chain letter <laughs> without checking its sources. <laughs> yeah, we also had that uh, that nor'easter come in, and that that Friday before uh, we were supposed to be in New York City to go see our brother Jerome from Lodge Forty Three play uh, play the cello at Carnegie, and uh, a few brothers tried to make it up, and, and nobody could make it into the city. So, Jerome, I don't know if you listen to this. I'm sorry that we that they we didn't try very it. hard, Jerome. Yeah, the, Amtrak yeah. works everywhere. No, one of the guys from our lodge got got stuck in Philly. No power, no hotel, no nothing. He paid 150 some bucks to get back home from Philly via oh, Uber. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah! Wow! Our bro- our brother Ken Hudson made it though. He went up the night before. Okay. And so. I'm re- I'm really glad that uh, guy with the Uber who had the license for like two weeks was able to make it back to Lancaster, but the Amtrak driver couldn't make it to. New York? Yeah, yep, pretty much. Oh, well. So, yeah, the lecture series was great. All of Masonic Light was there, three-fifths of the roundtable. Chris Rodkey, uh, 
It was a lot. I think I, I think it was a good event. I it, sent out. It was an excellent event, and we yeah. look forward to more of those. I sent great. out a survey, and the survey got a lot of good feedback, and yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was nice. I mean, I was in the basement most of the time, but the room looked beautiful. The people seemed to really like it. Oddly, there was an interesting piece of satire about Masons being in an abusive relationship with their lodge building soon after that event. <laughs> that was actually really funny. <laughs> yeah, I, as I was sitting downstairs, I took note of all the signs. There was 37 that told me that like what I can't do. Like... Um, don't leave the door open. Don't hold the door closed. Uh, it, it, they're all over our Facebook page. So uh, I wrote a little. It was supposed to be anonymous satire. Well, yeah, there's nothing anonymous about it. Um, so I think that's all I've done. I, well, we, tall Cedars. I had a master mason night. Thanks to, uh, for Larry came. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Jason didn't come. <clears throat> I didn't. I'm sorry. Um, that's Jason, okay. Jason doesn't come a lot. No, I don't understand, I don't understand. why. You can bring your wife. My, Your wife hates Freemasonry, I know. My wife doesn't hate Freemasonry. She just she says that uh, I signed up for, the, or, you know, I being Jason. Jason signed up this, not me. Now, what is this, Jack? That's that's the news. Notes. Oh, that's, that's the news. Yeah, yeah. I'm not supposed to read this now? No. Hey, we have news for later. Okay, good. Um, so, yeah, we had Master Mason night, and we got, um, I think, five or six new members of Lancaster Forest. So it was successful. Um, Mostly so, from our lodge. Mostly from our lodge, uh, Ted Gallagher from Ephrata, I believe. So, right? Dave Gallagher. Dave Gallagher. Um, so, yeah, like it was mostly from. Do you still do that thing where you won't let them leave until they fill out a petition? Is that. <laughs> you get a dollar off your shrimp if you fill out a petition. <laughs> but that's it. So, um, so oh, I, I, need I guess to, it's I not need, it. Well, no, I need to, de to defend my, my non appearance at Tall Cedars a lot. You know, my Masonic life is in a, a point of need and want. And Tall Cedars is certainly a want, but it's one of the last things at the end of the month. So when it comes time to ask permission to go, I can always go. But, you know, the Masonic Iro says it all. You can bring the wife and kids. Yeah, maybe. It's family friendly. I know. Okay. Just saying. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. I'll keep shaming Jason and uh, we'll be back. Red Serpent by Larry Maris. One man's obsession to avenge the death of his wife uncovers a long-hidden ancient blueprint to perfect the world for future generations. Visit www.larrymaris.com. You can purchase this book anywhere except CVS. And we're back. Larry. Episode 48. Larry, Larry, it. Larry, it's your time to shine. Golly. And Q Larry. Hey, our, uh, our special guest tonight is uh, the Reverend Matt Randolph. Uh, he's confirmed 31218. He'll arrive at 645. <laughs> 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 he, he messages me before entering the Dober. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Matt Randolph is with us this evening. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about him. Just a little, please. Just a tiny little bit. He is uh, currently a pastor of Donegal Presbyterian Church outside of Mount Joy, Pennsylvania. Uh, and I can go on about all his Presbytery stuff, but that's boring. Yeah. Uh, he's also... Uh, <laughs> Just his career, that's all. Uh, he's involved Just his in vocation. North Carolina, blah, 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 blah. And uh, he can talk about that, actually, because I think it's kind of important. Because really, the reason he's here is because he made a trip that was sponsored by the Templars to the Holy Land. 
And we were talking about it at breakfast at Goose and Gridiron, and it was really very interesting. And Jason, all right, Larry, Neal, Larry, shut okay, up. Okay, okay. Welcome, Matt. <laughs> anyway, oh, we didn't uh, say shut up in this house. <laughs> a member of uh, Abraham Trichler Lodge 682. Welcome, Matt. Thank you, thank you. So, welcome back to the United States. Thank you. It's good to be home. Um, so, tell how did you get uh, nominated? Or how did you get chosen for this cool trip? So, have a couple. Templars in the congregation, but uh, one whom we all know, Seth Anthony, approached me, and uh, he said that, hey, uh, the Templars have a program that um, would like you to consider. It's all about sending clergy who have never been to the Holy Land to the Holy Land, no strings attached, all expenses paid, all you got to do is get to JFK, um, but there's no promises, but uh, I'd like you to apply. And so went home and asked my wife uh, what she thought about it. And, um, yeah, I just broke a cardinal rule. <laughs> was, was the, uh, right. was spouse allowed to go? No, no spouses. <clears throat> oh, they didn't have that big of a checkbook. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an expensive trip, but it's the idea is that it's a, uh, an intensive study pilgrimage. So, and believe me, they keep you moving. There's not a whole lot of time for, um, uh, for downtime in a sense. So, um, so uh, I had an opportunity to go to the Holy Land while I was in seminary, my final year in seminary, uh, but it just wasn't the right time. Uh, my youngest son was just born, and my oldest son was just a toddler, and it, as much as I know family would have covered, it just wasn't the right time to go. And so when this opportunity came around, she looked at me and said, man, you got to apply, and if you get selected, you need to go. So I applied and submitted my application, and, and next thing I know, well, I shouldn't say next thing I know, it took a quite a while, uh, to, uh, process everything. But once it, uh, all came through, man, um, basically you get selected, you start packing your bags and, and you're ready to go. Now, when you and I had first talked about this, you know, so long ago, a week ago, uh, <laughs> I had always assumed that this trip was for Knights Templar, you know, Masonic Knights Templar. And it turns out that it's for people that are in ministry and there's, there's some pretty strict criteria about how long you've been, in that vocation, but you do not have to be a Mason or a Knights Templar to be selected, correct? Very correct. Yes, there is no Masonic uh, requirement. You basically, they want you to be clergy, uh, uh, and they want you to be clergy of, um, of, of a, yeah. they want you to be clergy of a church that, uh, where you're going to be preaching regularly. And so the, what they do is they, they, they gear this trip around uh, building your, your knowledge, and uh, especially in terms of the biblical landscape, and they want it to basically affect your, your preaching to the congregation. So they want you to be clergy. Uh, they want it preferably uh, younger clergy, uh, but uh, you can be older uh, as long as you have a certain amount of years left in your career. And, uh, and you can walk. And, and you can walk. There's a lot of walking. Uh, yeah, they even told us. I was a little scared at one time. They're like, you can walk up to seven miles in one day, you know. It's, but uh, but it was it was it was intense. Uh, there was only one afternoon where we had some free time uh, to ourselves. Otherwise, man, they kept you moving. And uh, they told us right up front that you know, you're going to want a spiritual experience in every single little place that you go. And, and they're right. You do. Um, but there's just not time for all of that. And you probably will have a spiritual experience along the way uh, or two or three. 
But if you spend too much time over here, you got to start cutting out things on the backside of the trip. And for most of us, this is going to be our one and only opportunity to go to the Holy Land. So they made a decision to to pack as much uh, uh, much uh, venues and, and places into the trip as possible so that we can get the most full experience of the Holy Land possible while we're there. Um, so it was how uh, many how many other uh, clergy were there with you on the same trip? So for this pilgrimage, we had, I think, 49 pilgrims. Wow. Uh, right. So the idea is that each uh, state's grand commandery would send a pilgrim, but not every state's grand commandery does so. So this year, I think there was two of us from Pennsylvania. Uh, there was a few from Ohio, uh, a few from Indiana. I think there was like five from Georgia. Uh, but, uh, yep, and out of all those ministers, uh, those 49 ministers, only nine of us were were Masons. And uh, then you had the three guides who were just fantastic. Uh, and they're very experienced uh, Knights Templar uh, uh, pilgrim leaders. And um, yeah, Dwayne Kemmerly uh, is the, the lead guy. And David Snyder and Adam Jackson, they were, the, all three of them were just fantastic. I can't speak enough about them. So one of the things you were saying is that so you get a better appreciation. So are there things that you've you know, preached about in the past, but now that you kind of have a better understanding of just the geography mm-hmm. uh, that have changed, you know, because, you know, I said when I hear about somebody walking from here to here, okay, you know, it just doesn't mean as much to me. But if I could actually see these right. mountains and see the, right. the landscape, it had to be even crazy rugged back then. Yeah, one of the uh, biggest moments in, in terms of seeing the landscape and thinking about how it relates to scripture, I was just literally floating in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And you can literally turn 360 degrees and see everything. I mean, the Sea of Galilee is just really essentially a big lake for us, uh, but everything is a sea. And so they uh, you, they take you out on a boat and um, and, and you, can, you just float there for a while, which is awesome. Uh, and just take in everything. And over here, you can see uh, Magdala or Migdal, and you you can follow the coastline around and see Capernaum. And then just up here is the Mount of the Beatitudes. And up here is the Mount of the uh, Multiplication, where you're breaking the loaves and fishes. You can, oh, go across the lake and you look over here, and this is where he casts all the pigs into the sea. And you can just see absolutely everything all around you and how tight that world was um, in that place and that in that ministry, and then just to actually then to drive to Jerusalem and see how far he had to walk mm. to, to get to Jerusalem, um, and then Jerusalem's its its, it's own ball game uh, in so many different ways. Wow! So, um, what was your favorite thing? I'll handle this, Larry, since you don't want to talk. <laughs> oh, he's I, che- he's I, checking I, emails <laughs> right now. I guess it. it it depends on what we're talking about. Are we talking about spiritually, uh, exegetically, or like that, that? I don't know what that word means. So why don't you first start with explaining exegetically? <laughs> context. Context is everything. I went to Millersville, so you have to really dump oh, down. Oh, you just offended <laughs> thousands of Millersville is good. My cousins went to Millersville. It's good school. Um, now, exegetically, uh, it's, it's a way to. It, you're interpreting scripture through its context, historical context, cultural context, geographical you know, geography. And, um, so, uh, so yeah, are we talking about spiritually? Are we talking about geography? Are we talking about Masonically? Like, I'd be curious if you were talking about old Testament versus new Testament, where, where was the, was there a division? Did you, could you feel it? Was it presented as 
as that, or was it just this is the lay of the land and experience experience the place? Well, the pilgrimage was heavily focused on the, the on the New Testament. However, there were there were some times where we were in places like Mount Carmel or. Uh, some people pronounce it Carmel, but uh, Mount Carmel would be where you know, Elijah, uh, you know, had his big standoff with the prophets of Baal, mm-hmm. and uh, and being up there um, was was pretty pretty interesting. And then looking out over the entire valley, uh, and uh, you know, the valley that they ultimately would call Armageddon, mm-hmm. um, which is just this lush green agricultural. A valley, but it's huge, um, and and then from there you can even see over here's Nazareth, and over here's uh, Mount Tabor, and over here's you know it's it's you can just again how how tight that world was. It was really, I mean, don't get me wrong, it takes a little bit to walk from here to there, but it was, I mean, it was it, that was pretty neat too. But actually, another interesting spot, right dead center in the middle of uh, that valley, is a tell, which is a a hill that they build city after city after city. It's, it's a um, and it was uh, Megiddo, Tel Megiddo, mm-hmm. and just the and it's where the name Armageddon comes from. Just the fact that that city was annihilated and rebuilt twenty seven times over. I mean, it just gives you a whole little bit of a different perspective on this whole idea of. Of, of Armageddon and, and this, this always this hope of rebuilding and the, the you know the, the new city coming. But did your uh, trip stay in the confines of uh, of uh, Israel or did you head to the Red Sea at all? Or uh, no, we didn't go that far south. Uh, it was we were in the confines. The Dead Sea, I meant. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Oh yeah, Dead we did sea. we did go to the Dead Sea. You so did. we were in uh, the confines of Israel and then in also mm-hmm. into Palestinian controlled territories as well, okay. uh, which was where you know, the Dead Sea. When went. you went to the Dead Sea, you visit the uh, Qumran village. Yes, and that was. I mean, that was that whole area is so breathtaking and it's in its geography the caves and where the they caves, start. yep you, you can see it's in my book <laughs> yeah you, you you can see the it, yeah. all right break it's the a, commercial red serpent it's all red about serpent. larry <laughs> sorry matt it's all about larry oh man <laughs> Matt actually took a copy with him and left it in a clay jar in a cave. <laughs> so that 4,000 years from now, somebody can find it. No, I, I, when I did the research, I realized how interesting of an area that was. Oh, absolutely. And then, so, okay, sorry. It, no, it being a Templar trip, um, was was there a conversation about the the Crusades and what happened? And Not directly. However, as you travel and you go to these different places, um, you can, well, first off, you, you go to a, a, a a place, say, um, say in the Mount uh, Mount Tabor, where the Transfiguration would have happened, you can see the original. Um, I mean, everywhere you go, everybody has to like plant their flag and say, "This is mine," you know. And so, uh, and so they they build churches all over the place, and I, and I get it. Um, but you know, you can see the original Byzantine layer, and then above that, you can see the Crusader layer, and then above that, you know, wherever they build on top of that. Uh, at, if if the Crusader one was was destroyed, which a lot of them were. Um, however, so uh, at Mount Tabor, uh, it was really uh, interesting because you could see some of the Byzantine layer, but the they 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 had part of the Crusader level, like almost like a, its own little chapel. We were able to go down there and and spend some time and actually have um, uh, sing a hymn together down in that that little chapel. It was really neat. Um, and while the Franciscans were doing their thing, um, ab- you know, above us, uh, but they um, but and you go to different places, you can you can. You can see um, uh, 
different chapels and, and different places that would have Templar connections and, and even you know, different architecture that goes along with that. It was, uh, it was, it was quite neat. If you, if, you, if you go knowing what you're looking for, it was, it was neat. You know? Tell me about your experience at the Wailing Wall. The Wailing Wall was probably one of my most spiritual experiences on the trip, and I didn't expect it. Um, so, uh, and you go through you go through some some pretty uh, intense security to get to it, uh, and um, I don't know what to really tell you other than you know you you there's people praying, and you can there's there, people can write prayers and put them into. Um, into the wall itself, and I didn't. I didn't do that, uh, but as uh, you, know, you put on your yarmulke because it's a it's a holy place, and you're you're respectful of the tradition, <clears throat> and uh, you go up to the wall, and it, it when I touched the wall, and and I just said a prayer, uh, you know, just between you know, me and God, and it was one of those times where. In, in Celtic spirituality, we call it, uh, you know, thin places, you know, where the, 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 the spiritual realm and the temporal realm, there's not a whole lot of space in between. It was definitely a thin space moment for me. You could just feel the hair standing up on the back of your neck as I was, you know, had my hands on the wall and was praying. Um, and then the, the other thin place for me in the trip was the Church of the Holy Sepulcher mm-hmm. in, in Jerusalem. And as I was kneeling down at the, at the tomb um, where he would have been laid, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it to you, but yeah, the, the hair is just standing up. Um, and, uh, I did spend a whole lot of time there, but it was actually, it was one of the most, those two places were the most spiritual uh, moments for me, the church of the Holy Sepulchre and the Wailing Wall. Wow. I'm being quiet cause I'm normally like the snarky guy and like, <laughs> there's no snark, no, 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 no yeah. snark I can give. No. That's just awesome. So did you go out at all at night and drink? Uh, okay, Larry can write right, it. There Thank it you, Larry. <laughs> well, there were a lot of pastors on the trip. So His I wife is listening, so no, of course he didn't. <laughs> no, oh, they have a beer actually oh. called Gold Star. It's actually it's a dark lager. It's actually not too bad. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. So on the trip, you know, sponsored by the Templars, which in masonry, you know, to join regular masonry, you, you, you don't have to profess a certain religion. But obviously the, the Knights Templar branch, you need to be, you know, part of the Christian faith. Did they, were there any non-Christian folks on this trip? I mean, would they let somebody that, that wasn't necessarily Christian but was, you know, clergy go on this trip? That's a good question. And I don't know if I quite have the answer, but I can tell you everybody on our trip was Christian. Right. And uh, But could somebody else come in? I, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, but in terms of Christianity, though, we had the spectrum of of Christianity on the trip. Uh, we had some very conservative individuals. We had some very liberal individuals and a whole lot of people in between. Uh, and when you, when you apply, you have to actually attest that you are, you're okay with traveling with people who may believe even within Christianity much differently than you do. Uh, and otherwise, you know, they don't, if you're not okay with the diversity, like they don't want you to, uh, be causing any issues on the trip. And so everybody played nice? Everybody played very nice. Uh, That's refreshing. It was actually kind of cool because, you know, in the church, we quite easily can stay in our own little worlds. And, uh, and you know, okay, these guys do their thing over here and we do our thing over here. And it was actually nice to uh, hang out with some people who actually I 
didn't expect to have too much of a relationship with, uh, just because of how different some of our churches are. However, um, I made some great friends from churches that are uh, very different. I hope to keep up and and keep in contact with them. A lot of Lutherans then. <laughs> we did have quite a bit of Lutherans, um, but no, we Presbyterian churches. They're hard to make friends. Well, well, if they had five people from Georgia, five different Baptists. Pretty yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. So, so actually, I made a really good friend from Georgia, uh, a really good friend from Georgia. But yeah, Presbyterians and Lutherans play well together. Yes, they do. Catholic light, as I like to say. <laughs> uh, so let's take a quick break. Yeah. Um, and we'll come right back. We'll try and think of something uh, educated to ask. Hey there, listeners. This is Pete. And I wanted to tell you about MasonicScarves.com. Masonic Scarves offers full color knitted soccer style scarves perfect for you to wear to lodge, out casually, or even to display in your home. I currently have in our lineup pretty much every Masonic body from Blue Lodge, York Rite, Scottish Rite, Grotto, Shrine. If you think about it, I probably have it. Are you a turtle? Well, you bet your sweet ass I have a scarf for that. So you can easily order online with a credit card, and I'll generally have your scarf in the mail the next business day. Do you need an easy fundraiser for your lodge or organization? I can have a custom scarf design delivered to you in about four weeks, as long as you order a minimum of 50 pieces. I can help you with the artwork, and you'll have an original item that you can sell or hand out as a gift for visitors or past masters. Visit MasonicScarves.com or drop me an email at info at MasonicScarves, and I'll be glad to help you. And we're back, episode 48. Uh, we're here with Reverend Matt. Just Matt who just came back from the Knights Templar Holy Land Pilgrimage. The Holy Mackerel Tour. The Holy Mackerel Tour, <laughs> which you can find more information at knightstemplar.org and learn all about those trips. So you might have listened to some news. You might have listened to Seth Anthony. I don't know. <laughs> well, you, you, might do, have... you didn't do the news yet, did you, John? <laughs> no, I didn't do the news yet. Well, I mean, I don't, I, who knows? Who knows what you listened to The spirit to of break. Walter Cronkite is not with us yet. Um, so in break, Matt, you were talking about some free time and some cool things you saw in your free time. Right. So on Sunday, uh, we all gathered together for worship. Imagine that. Pastors. What? Church. So we were supposed to have church at, uh, I think, Station 5 uh, on the Via Della Rosa, uh, which it would be the, uh, the pathway that Christ took mm-hmm. you know, to the cross. And, uh, but we got bumped. So <laughs> <laughs> we were like, Templars. Just <laughs> Attention passengers. <laughs> so, uh, but the Church of Scotland opened up their doors to us, which is, for, as a Presbyterian, that's really nice. awesome because that's who we are. And uh, so we, we had worship there. And then, um, believe it or not, after, after that, um, the best time to go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is on a Sunday. Like, you know, the lines aren't super long. You know, at, for instance, at the Church of the Nativity, we must have waited like a good three hours and, oh. and just, and it was fine. You know, we're in a group and we're kind of, you're just mo- marching through. And, and actually, the, the, and I know I'm getting off the subject now, but the Church of the Nativity was really neat because you have, uh, a lot of it was uh, still there from the from the Templar era, era and they're redoing all these columns and, and all the paintings of all these saints from the Templar era on, on, these, um, on these columns. And at the bottom, it's almost like Templar graffiti. They put all their helmets with their with their crests and everything at the bottom of all these uh, all these uh, all these these columns cool. in, in the church. So you're just working your way through, and, and but it takes about there's just so many people. It takes about three hours before you actually get to go down into the the nativity area. Um, 
So anyway, so the Church of the Holy Sepulcher on Sunday is a really good time. And don't ask me why, but uh, the t- lines are so much shorter. So you could get to go into the tomb area uh, rather quickly. Uh, and you can get to go up in, on Golgotha to the cross area, because uh, both of those areas are encapsulated by the church. Um, and then after that, we had free time, which is like the only free time we had on the whole trip. It was just one afternoon. And I knew what I wanted to do. Um, and there's a whole bunch of people that didn't quite know what they wanted to do. So they all just kind of went on my little adventure. Um, but it was great. We had a, we had a good time. You have to walk through the old city and man, when you're walking through these streets of the old city, it's just, just, just envision shops on both sides of the, of these tight streets and just people all just ask you coming, come in here, buy this, buy this. And they're sharp. They're really smart. They, they look at your name name tag and like, Hey Mac, you know, come in here. This, this store's for you. (laughs) Like, yeah, nice one. So uh, we we finally work our way through that that gauntlet of of um, of merchants, and we have uh, have a nice little lunch uh, at, at the top. I wanted to get get up to the Jaffa Gate, and there was a little cafe there. We had some shawarma and uh, falafel pitas, which was delicious. And man, falafel there is just so fresh, and the shawarma you can just there's so many smells coming from this area. Even you're walking through these streets with all these merchants, you can only walk past like two bakeries before. You're like the third Sh- one, you're like, I can't take it anymore. Shawarma, is that like scrabble or what is shawarma? I don't know. Chicken. Oh, okay. It's like a marinated chicken. Remember, like, uh, remember at Park City, they used to have the uh, the, the gyro. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the mystery meat. Right, yeah, 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 right. So it's kind of like the same thing, the right? Rotating yeah. thing. Right, yeah. the rotating, it's this rotating thing of chicken, you know, it's, it's but it's delicious. It really is. Nice. Um, so we get up to the Jaffa Gate, and what you can do is uh, walk the ramparts of the old city wall. Um, and now the old city wall is actually not tech, it's not the wall that was built at the time of Christ. Uh, the, that wall is further into the city. So the, the current old city wall was built around the 1500s by the Ottoman Empire. Mm. Uh, but you could get to walk those ramparts. And if you think about it, you know, um, you know, those, you know, especially during the six day war, like some of these gates that you go to, you can just see the bullet holes. Like, so these walls were attacked, um, uh, multiple times. And there was also world war one with the British and everything. So you walk these ramparts and you can walk from the Jaffa gate to the Damascus gate. Uh, you can walk a little bit farther, but we, I knew I wanted to get off at the Damascus gate because there, um, it was kind of a bust, but it was okay. Um, the, at the Damascus Gate, they have this thing called the Roman Palisade, where you would actually go down to the level of the city as it would have been during the time of Christ. You could actually walk, you know, and be like right where Christ was, you know, and the whole Via Della Rosa, you kind of do that too. But, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, they were closed. For renovations. <laughs> and everybody's looking at me. I was like, I didn't know. <laughs> so, but uh, I knew just up the street uh, was uh, Solomon's Quarry or Zedekiah's Tunnel, uh, which I found to be super fascinating. So we just walked up there, actually asked some soldiers um, uh, how far it was, and it just, just a couple hundred feet. And so they, we, we walked up and found it. And, you know, just, I think it's like six bucks to get in. But it's, it's 9,000 square meters of tunnels that go underneath the city. Mm-hmm. And. And uh, it's uh, so you're all under the old city and it, it's, it's where they cut the stone out for uh, what they believe for the first and second temple. So as you walk through, you can see the cut marks in the caverns of the, these square cuts. Uh, and it was just fascinating to me. Um, you know, some people can look at it like, oh, yeah, it's just a hole in the ground. But, you know, to me, like, as, a, as a Mason, right. especially because you. Yeah, exactly. It was just. I was just in all the walking through and you can just, 
cut after cut and just, and then you get into this massive cavernous area uh, and it's called Freemasons Hall. And there's a big sign there. It says it's Freemasons Hall. And uh, lodges will come from Europe, they said, um, and actually hold degrees down down, down well, in Well, you're really going to enjoy your uh, your Royal Arch degrees then. I... <laughs> Guys, I can't. Spoiler wait. alert! <laughs> I, and I and I kind of know that there's the stuff you know, without knowing, in a sense. But so I, I really, I can't wait. I mean, I can't wait tomorrow. Well, I don't know what time this is going to air, but for me right now, last as we week. talk presently, last week, last week, <laughs> I think it's going to be awesome. Um, it's I, I can't wait for tomorrow. And I know Seth. I think Seth's going to guide me tomorrow. So that's going to be special for me too, as his pastor. So it's very long. So wear comfortable shoes. Yeah. Good to know. Thanks. Yeah. It's <laughs> like it's like two degrees on one. It is. Workman from the quarry. There we go. Yeah. All I know Am is I in like trouble a, yet? Am I in trouble yet? Now I, yeah, now I, soon. All I know about that degree is about an hour in and it's like and now the degree will begin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, then, then uh, make sure you continue over. Come over to council well, with me. Stop! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! I get the signatures. You got to get the whole story. You got to got to do you got to do both, in yeah. my opinion. <clears throat> wow. What else? I don't know. He led into the question I was going to ask, so that's. Uh, Did you go to any McDonald's? No. However, so some I'm always curious about <laughs> McDonald's and falafel burgers. Part. Well, just fast food in other parts of the world. Well, I I did not go. However, a bunch of people did go. Uh, there's plenty of <laughs> McDonald's around, and it, it's a it's a kosher for the most part, a pretty kosher uh, state. Period. Uh, now, there you I believe there might be some non-kosher McDonald's, but. Uh, but most of them are kosher. And they'll say kosher, McDonald's. So that means no cheeseburgers. McKosher? Right. Chick falafel. You know, just, just meat. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, I, I mean, also, like, the meat is from a better cut. Probably, yeah. It's not just random cow parts. It's <laughs> cow parts north of the Mason-Dixon line. Is that my interpretation, Jack? Uh, I withhold. I don't know. I don't okay, know. Well, all, yeah. all I know, it's been blessed by a rabbi okay. and... And, and but, killed as in a in a ceremonial way and blessed as it's being done. And but in general, the food yeah. is there is just phenomenal. Um, breakfasts uh, are uh, they call it a dairy breakfast? So there's just cheeses beyond cheeses and yogurts and 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 different things. They have egg. You can eat eggs, but then there's some salted but fish. No meat. There's salted fish, which I could really that wasn't my idea of breakfast. But um, but olives and salads and I mean I eat so much olives and hummus. It's not even it's not even mm. funny. Wow, that sounds awesome. So we should go to break, come back and wrap up with Matt? Yeah, Maybe. we'll do that, and we'll talk about some other fun things that we had going yeah. on. All right, we'll be back. You're about to enter Corpora Obscura, the realm of weird fraternal organization. Leave your Freemasonry behind. Prepare to meet druids, caliphs, and wild creatures. Knock thrice and enter at your own risk. Yes, Larry, that's the name of today's group. No, no. How many times do I have to tell you? It's not Moana. I know you like the movie. <sighs> Welcome, listeners, as today we discuss the fraternal order of Moai. Yes, Larry, Moai. The Fraternal Order of Moai is an organization founded in 2005 by Matt Kuku-Ahu-Thatcher, Jim Chiselslinger Robinson, and Joel Cowtown Kahuna Gunn. The order uses the Moai statues of Rapa Nui, called Easter Island by some, as a theme. 
An initial goal of the group was to preserve the history of and artifacts from the closed Kahiki Supper Club in Columbus, Ohio. Since then, it has grown into a serious group of tiki aficionados, with activity all over the United States. Some describe the group as a cult within a cult when discussing the modern tiki revival movement. Members are often fans of tiki culture, the Polynesian pop era, mid-century modern style, and custom culture, and these styles are reflected in the events held by the group. Some members are artists who produce music, carvings, lamps, and ceramics that tie into the theme. The group has been known to provide assistance with preserving artifacts and expertise to local tiki businesses. Even though the group participates in many public events, the organization operates like a secret society, and men- many members only identify themselves using aliases. Leaders of the group use obscure titles that combine words from several Polynesian languages. The group exhibits a bizarre sense of humor, and then places references to the use of time travel technology, combating a zombie outbreak, and cloning technology in official information published online. Much of this information refers to a claimed network of scientific research labs in the continental United States called the FOM Test Labs. Members of the group are referred to as fellow Moai, and senior members, called the Anwi, bear a distinctive blue fez at events. There are members throughout the United States and in parts of Canada. Membership is selective and requires the sponsorship of a current member in good standing. Interested adults must complete a membership process after requesting an application. The Order held a national convention in 2010 to celebrate the fifth anniversary of the founding of the group. Twitter and Facebook posts by the group have featured a a logo for a 10th anniversary convention, which was held in 2015. Today, there are nine active and one inactive chapters. Want to learn more about America's fraternal history? Visit the J.H. Rathbone Museum in person in Lafayette, Indiana, or online at jhrathbonemuseum.org. And be sure to like us on Facebook. And we're back. So, Reverend Matt, just a rant. A, I kind of always pick any any clergy that's also Mason's brain on this one. Um, do you get a lot of anti-Masonic talk or a lot of, or even like maybe some of the people on the trip with you that just don't understand, I won't say anti, but just people that have a negative opinion of the Freemasons and why? Um... I don't get a whole lot. I mean, as far as the guys on the trip that uh, were not Masons, who were many, um, there there was more curiosity than than anything. And I think everybody was uh, absolutely just appreciative of of the Templars and what they were doing for uh, for them um, and and the mission uh, that uh, a Masonic body has to 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 do what they did and send clergy, whether they were Masons or not, to the Holy Land. Um, and and my church is is you know pretty pretty open. I mean, I don't wear my square and compass on my sleeve necessarily. However, I don't necessarily keep it a secret either. Um, I mean, and Donegal is a church also where, I mean, we have, we have a lot of Masons in the church. <laughs> what, what, tell me, you can't, you can't throw a, what, you can't shake it. What did, what did, uh, brother David say? You can't something in this swing church. A without a, oh, swing there was a, uh, yeah. Swing, we, a, what? Did you we, swing, <laughs> swing a dead cat. Yeah, yeah. We had a, um, we had a new member join the church back in December. <laughs> He comes up to him. He's like, are you a Mason? And the guy's like, no, no. And he goes, well, you ought to be. We can't swing a dead cat in here without hitting a Mason. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Well, well you know, it comes from, from Scotland, so it's it's got its own natural history yeah. connection to the. We do. We have, we have about um, I think we have about 25, 25 masons in the congregation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a fair amount that you um, know of that we know of. Right? It's all a secret. That's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, but uh, nevertheless, in the Presbyterian Church as a whole, basically says that you can join a fraternal body or a civic body as long as it doesn't supersede Christ and the church. Which, Amen. Which, so mote it be. Which Freemasonry clearly, clearly, you know, you know holds, holds the church and Christ uh, above it. Now, I know itself, there's, so. there's two different Presbyterian churches in the United States. There's many Presbyterian churches. Okay. Well, which Presbyterian church did we cover that? Do you, do you belong to? So, uh, Donegal Presbyterian is, uh, a church within the Presbyterian Church USA. Uh, we are the largest main mainline body, you know, of, of Presbyterians in the United States. Uh, we have shrunk a little bit uh, over the years for various reasons. Uh, church and fighting and politics. It's good times. What? But yeah, no. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but we are still still the biggest. Uh, there's a there's a couple other churches, uh, Presbyterian churches. Um, and that have broken away from us for various, uh, probably more conservative reasons. Um, and, uh, usually they're, they're not too Masonic friendly, um, as a whole, but the Presbyterian church, uh, USA, um, it basically, like I said, you know, as long as it doesn't supersede, you know, Christ in the church, um, it's, you know, it's all good. So we had a guest on, oh, I don't know how many episodes ago, about 10 episodes ago, uh, Mark Tabbert and, uh, and, and he schooled us. In our in our biblical knowledge, and, and and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, so that if you don't have a healthy grasp on the Bible, that uh, you know we're, we're we're kind of Masonic reenactors. How do you, being being you know, who you are, looking at masonry through that filter, is it is it a lot different? Do you think than than for guys like us that don't know the Bible inside and out? Hmm. So I guess, you know, I'm always looking at things and looking at degrees, um, you know, through, through different lenses and, and things like that. So there, it might be a little different. Uh, however, uh, the way I look at Freemasonry, you know, and, and I'm, I'm also coming as a Presbyterian, I'm coming from uh, a certain line of theology, um, which, um, you know, we're part of the, the Reformed Church, uh, just happened to be the Scottish wing of that Reformed Church. And the... Um, Stop uh, touching the microphone. That was not Larry this time. No, it was me. Not it was Larry. Not me. It was Matt Randolph. Um, Stop talking with my hands. Um, so anyway, so when I look at Freemade, we have two lines of, of you think of, of the faith and salvation. You, th- you think of it almost like a twofold thing where you have justification and sanctification. You know, and justification for us, there, I mean, there's nothing you could ever do. I mean, it's, it's we're just we're scum. You know, it's, it's all about God's work and God's work through Christ that, you know, we're, we're justified, but sanctification, you know, we, we have, a, we have to live our faith. We have, we have to go and, and, and live, uh, as Christ taught us. And, uh, I look at Freemasonry as almost a platform, uh, as one could live their, you know, live their faith, live out and their sanctification in, in the world. And is, is it the only way? No. Absolutely not. Uh, however, it's 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 definitely um, a a platform on which uh, that very much goes in line with uh, biblical teachings that and, and morals that you know we can become better and become better uh, become better people and better and 
better Christians or better Jews or better uh, Muslims or whoever, whatever line of faith that we're in. Uh, you know, for me, I'm definitely a Christian. So, you know, it's, it's a way for me to, to grow in different ways. And Freemasonry has been great for me in, in various ways. Um, uh, it's, it's helped me. Um, ministry can be a lonely profession, let me mm-hmm. just say that. And, and to, um, and, and to be able to have a connection and something outside of the church, uh, it's, it's really been healthy. Yes, it's one more meeting or something like that, but it actually has helped me to diversify uh, my, my life in different ways, you know, in, in managing family and call and, and lodge and, and actually, believe it or not, learning how to say no. <laughs> <gasps> The uh, lost Masonic word. There it is. <laughs> Don't uh, give away the chapter degrees. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, but it's also helped me in different ways, you know, th- in thinking about uh, some of our teachings. It's, it's really helped me in life as a whole, you know, uh, and not to give away anything, but uh, it, it's, it's helped me in my, my personal life in, in certain ways as well. Not just managing time, but uh, keeping myself t- uh, together and uh, this idea of, um, keeping myself within due bounds or boundary issues, all that fun stuff. Many many politicians say that they find it an oasis, that they can get away from the day-to-day grind that they have. And And to to be able to sit next to somebody who's completely different than you uh, in Lodge, uh, uh, in various ways, you know, whether they're, you know, their profession or their their religion or anything else. And actually, in in terms of um, going back to the Holy Land, uh, when we were at... Holy City Lodge Number Four in Jerusalem. It was the only place. You know, it's a very divided. You know, these people are over here. These people are over here. Um, there in that lodge, um, you had uh, Jew, Muslim, and Christian sitting next to each other, side by side as equals. You had all three books open on the altar. Uh, it was just. A, it was a really beautiful, uh, beautiful testament to. Um, to the way things should be in certain ways. Did you get to visit that lodge on your free time? How did you arrange that? So that was through uh, our leaders, uh, Dwayne Kemmerly and Dave, uh, David Snyder and Adam Jackson. Uh, Dwayne Kemmerly has a, a standing relationship with the lodge. Uh, and he's uh, so he, he set everything up uh, ahead of time. He, he, he knew who were the Masons in the group and made sure that he double. I guess he, I'm assuming he double checked our credentials and all of that stuff. Uh, and so, um, so, there was one night, uh, it was a Monday night that, uh, when we would be having dinner, like we just, we all just, you know, casually left and, and went to lodge and it was actually a fantastic experience. Wow. Yeah. You, you get in there and, um, you, you walk in and there's, there's a, a little reception room off to the side. It's actually five lodges in Jerusalem. And I think they all share the same building. It's just, you know, each night uh, there's a different lodge there. How many signs are in that room? Or in that building. Uh, oh. <laughs> in how many languages Don't does it tell you not to do hands. something? Wash your hands. <laughs> Make sure so, you flush. So they have a reception room, and you get in there. There's nuts and olives and soft drinks and everything and other drinks. And and I was talking to a, a, a brother, uh, a Hebrew brother, and he's he's a master of one of the Hebrew lodges. It was actually an installation of. Uh, officers at night. So there was actually some visiting uh, members and the grand master of the state of Israel was there too, which was pretty wild. So, um, so I'm talking to him and all of a sudden he's like, do you want a drink? And I was like, oh yeah, sure. You know, I think I'm, you know, I'm Pennsylvania Mason, right? I was thinking, you know, something like this. Next thing I know, there's a Scott. Something <laughs> non-alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, right. There was, there, there was, there was not soda in my hand. <laughs> and, um, and I remember Dwayne looking over at me and I was like, I don't know, man, just 
it just it just showed up here. <laughs> Went in Rome. <laughs> wow. So it was, uh, it was it was a great night, uh, great That's fellowship, cool. and there was a big festive board afterwards with toasts and singing and more shawarma and kebabs and things. It was that's, really that's good. the way masonry should be. That's yeah, what, how did we screw it up in Pennsylvania? We, that's that's another talk. Yeah, we didn't yeah. screw it up, but <sighs> we, we're making it right again. I think this generation is is working really hard to make it right again. There's a there's a ton of education going on right now. There's a lot of fellowship. We've got we've got black brothers in lodge. We've got gay brothers in lodge. We've got men of all faiths and all types. And I think we're I think we're turning a corner on Freemasonry. You just got us banned in Georgia. I don't care. <laughs> Wait, is it Georgia? Oh, no, it's know. Arkansas. Oh, sorry, sorry, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> We lost our three listeners in Georgia. Thanks. That's GrandLodgeOfArkansas.com. Go buy that website, please. Do they have internet in, in Arkansas? Yeah, it's oh, a bunch gosh. of strings all tied together. Oh. Uh, well, Matt, thank you so much. I'm sure we're going to have a million questions when we uh... sober up. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's been really great. It's been an honor, honestly. So go back. Oh, go back and say what you were saying before we turn the microphones on. Um, what is your the favorite? Hell is Larry, doing? Larry, are you okay? Larry, Larry, are you Larry, you have, are you having a stroke? Are you, are you choking? I'm, I'm doing my directing. Be, that's all. He's probably got to be. Take a break. He he no, 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 no. That's no. the same sign for my pacemaker. It's not functioning. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, what what were you saying about your favorite podcasts? Oh, it, it, this is actually one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, no. oh, it is. It is. I love it. it uh, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts um, and. Uh, you know, the, I always look forward to this. Tell all uh, your friends at seminary that they. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so well, apparently there's a new podcast brought to light number two, brought to light USA, brought to L I T E. Yeah, that's yeah. how they're that's how they're going to yeah. be. That's oh. how they're going to cheat their numbers. Good news, everyone. Masonic Light News. News not fit to print. In Masonic News today, a deranged man was forcibly removed from a Masonic lodge in Neffsville, Pennsylvania, after several members found him pacing randomly around the vestibule, mumbling occasional obscenities, interspersed with comments seemingly related to signage in the lodge building. After emergency personnel administered tranquilizers, Peter J. Rogers was escorted from the premises while shouting, signs, signs, everywhere, nothing but signs. <laughs> On further inspection, it appears that most of the signs in question were over 30 years old. Two of the signs referred to things that don't even happen there anymore. Those two signs have been removed and placed in the Lodge Museum and Library, where nostalgic brothers can reflect on the way it was done in their year. And that's the Masonic news, so mote it was. Welcome to Lodge, don't. <laughs> Intermezzo by Stephanie. Locally handcrafted chocolate. Intermezzo by Stephanie. Oh, it is freaking awesome. Locally handcrafted chocolate. Intermezzo by Stephanie. Oh, it is freaking awesome. 
And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wanted to interrupt, so we're all, all like, oh, who's bringing us back? I guess we all are. <laughs> Hi, uh, everybody. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, well, so we had, a fun, we had a fun show. We did. It was great. And um, I feel highly educated. Yeah. Once again, another guest that we're not worthy of. So. Oh, come on. So, so did well, anybody on your trip, one last question about this trip, did anybody on your trip like space out and go like totally like out of their mind like religious speak, like speaking in tongues like like just got lost the vapors they the, got the vapors in the moment <laughs> i've heard that this I'm, seriously i've heard that this happens on on holy land tours that somebody will just like like click out for a while and and just forget where they are and who they are and did that happen? Did that? You probably that happened to Larry. From the look on your face, ago. it did it, not. It may have been me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was there. Tuesday afternoon. I don't really know what happened. <laughs> it was kind of like yesterday. I just woke up here. <laughs> so, um, I guess what do we have going on in the next couple of weeks, Jason? Anything coming up? I just put candy in my mouth. Oh, that's odd. <laughs> <laughs> I turned my mic down and everything. Uh, let's see. <laughs> everything uh, everything would have happened, I think. Uh, my stated meeting already happened. Uh, Pennsylvania Academy of Science and Knowledge already happened. So I think anything coming up would be uh, Tall Cedars, Junior Senior Night, the normal Goose and Great Iron, conferring a long first uh, in, in a... Oh, no, that would have happened. I did that Thursday. See, but that's coming up, so you can talk about it like it's coming up. because yeah, it's coming up. Like it's yeah, coming this up. is like what I'm going to do. This is confusing already. It doesn't, yeah, because yeah. now we've got three time shifts. We got. I'm yeah. going to do some Masonic stuff. Got already did, I'm going to do, and did it, but it's already done, and it's after the... when I. Do but it is, it is spring reunion time, so both, both the Valley of Harrisburg and Valley of... Oh, that's exciting. Lancaster are, are getting ready, and I Reading as well, but... I can't wait. Uh, Matt, anything uh, exciting going on for you, Masonically? You, yep. tomorrow, you have your big degree tomorrow night. Yep. Tomorrow I'll uh, enter into Corinthian chapter 224, number 224 in Elizabethtown. I'm uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, we have a stated meeting of Tricler coming up, and then a full night of degrees for our extra meeting. We've, uh, we'll be doing all three and multiple people going through. Uh, those degrees. I'll be I'll definitely be sitting as chaplain, uh, which is my normal gig. Uh, believe big surprise. Well, shocked. Shocked. Do, you feel like you, do you feel like you're getting stereotyped? <laughs> in this role? We um, need a guy. No, I actually I uh, I love sitting in that chaplain's chair. Um, it actually, you know, it's it's been a good experience, and and there's been some things that popped up, you know, as as a pastor that um, I'm happy to be able to 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 take care of with a lot. Yeah, can I can I ask so you? You actually got to cha- like be like a chaplain. Yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah, for real. I have always thought, you know, I know that some lodges, maybe maybe not so much in Pennsylvania, but I know that in some lodges, like chaplain is your annual stop through the chairs in the appointed line. And I have often thought that the chaplain should really, in Blue Lodge, it should really be like a chaplain. Yeah, police department, fire department, their chaplain does chaplain stuff. Right. And uh, our chaplain in Lodge 43 is kind of the, the caretaker and the curator of the Masonic funerals. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not so much kind of the go-to guy for mentoring or talking to somebody, but I, you know, I would love to see that position grow into a true chaplain role. Do you? Do you... I, I, I firmly agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I mean, I don't want to like do more work for an unpaid position, but you know, if there was a a, a sick brother or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, that's where the the pastor of your church would would do, right? You know, like why isn't the the chaplain the the ipso facto, you know, visitation? 
I'm trying to, I'm trying to fix the signs and lodge. I can't pick or something like that. <laughs> you're, you're talking to, this is a, this is a topic for another show and it I, could be a whole show and uh, that's that's committee disease where where everything that needs to be done is like dumped on Well, that's for the medical and, officer and, and lodge. And, and the members don't have to do anything anymore. Right. Charity visiting the widows, sick and visitation, all that stuff. There's a committee to do that. I don't need to think about it. That's not what we ought to be doing. But that's another show. No. So um so yeah, um, <laughs> bring us back, Matt. <laughs> so uh, for state of meeting, I'll be sitting as chaplain. Uh, for extra meeting, might be sitting as chaplain. If not, I'll be guiding. Uh, I, I do. I've been happy to be do, doing some guiding with trouble threat. Nice. So uh, after that, uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, another fork and trowel in there, and uh, hopefully, I'd like to get down the goose and gridiron again. Um, I had a, I really did. I had a, I had a great time, and. See, I think, I mean, I'll be looking forward to the valleys. Did you um, get to hear um, our Scott Hoover's prayer? Oh, yeah, he was just about to talk about no, Scottish Rite. No. Nobody hears it because it's silent. Actually, Matt gave the prayer. Oh. No, I didn't. Scott, yeah, he came. Oh, no, you're right. Uh, <laughs> Larry, go back to sleep, did? please. You, you didn't let them give, let me give. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> All right, right. La last question for you, Matt. Do you know if your chapter degrees are going to be consecutive? Are you getting your Mark Master and then the following month, the next one? Are they doing them? Bam, bam, I, bam. I do not know that. Um, I don't want to assume that, but so I definitely know that um, tomorrow night's definitely in Elizabeth Town, and then after that, uh, to I, be determined. I'm not sure how it's it's all going. going you have to down. keep us in the loop on that. I would love to. Yeah, Jack. Anything coming up? Duh. <laughs> Let's see. We have state of meeting tomorrow, which will already have happened. There's an extra meeting on Thursday, which will already have happened. There oh, is just talk in the future tense, Jack. It's okay. There is, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. There is the most excellent master degree in chapter happening also on Thursday, which will uh, require my attendance. Um, I am planning now a trip to Italy, uh, a, a business trip Ooh. on which I'm bringing my uh, my lovely spouse. And we will be in Pisa and Florence and Venice and Bologna. Hmm. And you're going to sell about, lots of machines? For about 45 minutes each. Oh, okay. So it'll be great. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Larry, do you have anything coming up? You're, you're in charge of so many things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm visiting the Effort Lodge uh, this coming Tuesday. And, uh, Is it going to happen? Because you've been planning yeah, this well, for... Well, I remember. It's not like going to the I, Holy Lands. It's 10 miles away. Come on. I've been out like, sick for two He's going to trip months. and hurt himself and be in bed for six months. That's the only way I wouldn't make it. But as chairman of the Lodge Beautification Committee, I have to go up there for the... Talk to the folks up there and take some I pictures. I have to go to. I have to. I do I, because I have to go. It is a so necessary sad, it? visit. Like we're making him go to this beautiful. Nobody's lodge. making me go. It is part of my chairmanship. Larry, Larry, what was You're my recommendation for the beautification committee? Burn it down. <laughs> no, that they beautify a different building. That's my. That's, that's my recommendation. Ah, yeah. yeah. Clever yeah. and not illegal. Yeah, I'm not into insurance fraud or anything like that. <laughs> On that on tape. Much. Um, yeah, what do I have? Are you done, Larry? I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, I've got a lot oh. of stuff coming up. Well, go ahead, Larry. We're back to you yeah. now. Academy of uh, Masonic Knowledge on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, right. Which you will not be at. Right, because it's um, there should be fun somewhere. <laughs> it's not my people. I can, use the, I can ruin a stereotype. Um, so what do I have going on? I've got uh, Tall Cedars coming up, junior, senior night. And uh, it's very exciting because as a good husband, the entertainment for the evening will be my wife. 
she is singing. Her ladies group will be singing. Ooh. Really? I think she's going to have you, maybe even a solo in there somewhere, singing Amazing Grace or something else lovely. I sing solo. Yeah? Yeah, solo. Can't hear it. Uh, uh, um, I am... Who am I? Adnaja in the uh, ninth degree? Adonija. Adonija. God. <laughs> in the ninth degree? Hang on. You can't talk about that. You just gave away a degree, a character, and who's playing it. Oh, we have to beep that now. Darn. Um, no, it's already happened. Scottish no, right. He said in the 90th degree. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Oh, is that what he said? Uh, and cedars don't care, so I'm, uh, I, have to, I have to learn. Uh, print, be, I'm Prince Master of the Palace in uh, the prologue and royal court. The good news is I, I, I have a scroll, and I can cheat and read most of the things off the scroll. Are you in that degree we're not allowed to talk about in Lancaster or in Reading? I'm in the one in, we can't talk about in Lancaster. Yeah. They, tried to, they tried to rope me into the fifth degree right. in Reading. I can't mention the park because that would be the holy trifecta if I mentioned. Right. Don't cross the trifecta. <laughs> time, location, and place. You can only talk two of the three. Yeah. Um, well, that, in, the, in the degree in the town that we can't talk about that you're in playing the same character you may or may not have played last time. No, you didn't play him last time. You just couldn't pronounce it. You couldn't frame to pronounce it right. <laughs> right. But, but I will be playing the same character, which I can't disclose here. But then, like, I found out, like, in Council, my character, a horrible thing befalls the same guy. And somebody tried to tell me that Adnaija means the same thing as Steve. Like, it was, like, a very common name in the Old Testament. <laughs> so maybe it wasn't the same guy. Um, so anyway, I guess that's it. Larry, take us out of here. Oh, Banjo music. Here. Cue the chickens. Cue the chickens. Buck, buck. Larry, go ahead. It's your turn to start. Uh, special thanks to Monarch Studios and our, uh, our guest tonight, uh, the Reverend Matt... Uh, Randolph. <laughs> Absolutely Randolph. Whatever happened to Randolph Pastor Scott? Pastor of Donegal Presbyterian Church. Uh, to our producer and co-host, Jason Lewis, who makes the show so good, because if you'd ever see it actually recorded, you would not believe it. We love you, man. Oh, well, thank Jack you. Harley, our news director, who always does a great job. Uh, Seth Anthony for his insight into fraternities, which, again, we had no idea that existed. And uh, to our audience response advisor, Luke Warm. Again. And our grammar consultant, Shirley Wright. And uh, also to, I want to give a special shout out and recognition to our new law firm. Here but, we go. Okay. Butts, Butts and Mooney. <laughs> This is Larry oh, Maris. Do you like to buy a flower? Oh, different Moonies. Oh, uh, this is Larry Maris. Jason Lewis. Jack Harley. Matt Randolph. There he is. Adnijah. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Larry, quiet. That's what that means. <laughs> Please host that on tape. <laughs> oh, so professional. I love it. Larry, Larry autographed a book to me that he didn't write.
To a dear friend, never quit. The power of the mind is endless. Larry Maris. Whose book is it? Is it Michelle's? No, it's uh-huh. it's a good book. Uh, what day? <laughs> Your book has a red cover. That one has a How black. Do you one. know you're a dear friend. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get out the clipper so I can trim my cable toes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Put up a sign. Mm-hmm.